fact is the market is closed. Good Wednesday afternoon, everyone. Tyler here with you, with you for today's VRA Investing Podcast. Well, it was another kind of eh day for our market today. Hope y'all all had a good day out there, though. But this now makes the third day in a row that we've seen of at least the market trying to show some strength in futures trading at the open before ultimately closing lower on the day today. We did manage to finish positive on the Dow today, but we've still got a lot of interesting topics here to cover today, including the latest left-wing hoax about Trump. You'll, wanna, you'll definitely want to stay tuned for that one. This morning, we also had an interesting European Central Bank Forum with Jay Powell and Christine Lagarde. And we continue to look for at least a bear market rally here from our markets as we head into one of the most bullish seasonally times of the year and the second half of 2022. So got a lot of interesting topics to cover here today throughout that. But I am going to kick it off with the latest Trump hoax uh, being pushed by the mainstream media because honestly, we have so many people didn't buy into these things it would be hilarious. It's almost like watching a movie. Just fall for these things time and time again. And we know that the mainstream media and their, you know, cronies for uh, do whatever they can to destroy people's reputations whose ideas that they don't agree with, right? They don't just come for your ideas. They come for you. They come for your family, right? They come for any groups that you belong to. They want to ruin your life. That is their goal. They don't just want to silence you. They want to destroy your life. And the latest attempt at this on Trump is really just pretty comedic. But first, let's take a look at just a few of the left-wing hoaxes about Trump that have now been fully discredited. You know that they love to talk about, oh, this is just a right-wing hoax. Uh, (laughs) <laughs> you know, they say it, it's always projection with the left due to the, accuse the other side of what you're doing because um, they're certainly the ones spreading hoaxes. Here's just a couple, you know, that I really thought of off the top of my head here. It started with the Russia collusion hoax, right? Russia, Russia, Russia. Get everybody worked up about that. That Trump was a Russian sleeper agent uh, who Putin's been, uh, you know, crafting here for years with, which was all based off of what has now been proven to be a fake document that was paid for by the Clintons. Then, after that, it was the very fine people hoax. Remember, Trump, after the Charlottesville incident, said that there were very fine people on both sides. And the mainstream media loves to cut that clip right there and make it look like he's saying that white supremacists are very fine people, which is just madness for anybody who's seen the entire clip you know that he goes on to say and if you're not aware of this go back and watch the whole thing you know because he didn't say it in the first 10 seconds it's about 10 seconds after he says that but he goes on to say i'm not talking about white supremacists i'm not talking about neo-nazis they should be contempt could be condemned totally that's what he says but still today You know, you have Biden running with that. You have everybody on CNN running with that. You know, the president of the United States literally spreading a hoax that the previous president was a white supremacist and said they were very fine people. All of the fact checker sites, I just was looking into it a little bit today because I was curious. 
all of them still run with that hoax and, and only a couple of them went on to say that he did condemn them. But it's so buried in the article, you wouldn't know it unless you read the entire thing. You see, that's how they're trying to convince people here you know, uh, of these hoaxes and it's working. The next one was drinking or injecting bleach as a help for a coronavirus. Uh, still many people believe that one today. And then the hoax that Hunter Biden's laptop was Russian disinformation. They loved running with this Russia uh, idea. Uh, of course, as we're seeing from the January 6th committee, saying even that January 6th was an insurrection to overthrow the government is a wildly overblown hoax. Uh, these were people who were led into the Capitol building who were there just to have their voices heard uh, as we are allowed to do with our, our constitutional you know, free speech, right? And then the latest one, though, that really, really got, just has to make you laugh a little bit at least, is that Trump tried to carjack his own Secret Service agents. Uh, wow, I mean, just going through some of those, and that's not all of them, right? That just shows how serious the Trump derangement syndrome is here. And really, at the end of the day, I kind of feel bad for people who may just not know any better. You know, maybe they don't have, didn't have access to people who taught them how to do proper research on these things. Uh, but it shows us just how effective the left's propaganda can be. But there is a positive to this as well. And here's the good news about propaganda, right? It tells us that the left isn't winning by as much as they want you to think that they're winning. If American patriots and people who want the best for our country who share different views uh, really are losing this battle and it's hopeless and they want you to give up the fight, then they wouldn't need propaganda, right? That tells you right there that this battle is not lost. The fact that they still have to resort to lies to convince people that they are correct just shows you that they're obviously not winning ground, they're likely losing ground as the propaganda gets more and more obvious here. And I bring this up today, especially because there, there was an article this morning in Axios uh, about the January 6th committee that just proves they were watching a television drama series here, folks. This is a scripted reality TV show that they're trying to use to craft a narrative in their favor here. So the article, if you want to check it out, I highly encourage you to, is called January 6 Hearings Deliver a New Template for Digital Era Drama. It's in the title. This is literally a drama we're watching play out on TV. We all knew that this committee was a sham, right, from the beginning. And uh, the article even says that this is about crafting a narrative here is what they did. And essentially that narrative is to sell the American public that Trump is a traitor and drum up support for anti-Trumpers and Democrats. That, listen to what the article says. They just admit that this is theater we're watching in front of our eyes. They brought in ABC News president James Goldston to produce the spectacle as if it were, and I quote, a 2020 episode, raw enough to be credible but scripted enough to sell the story in the allotted time, end quote. They even say to sell the story to you. Folks, this is reality TV. <clears throat> when you watch reality TV shows, 
you know, keeping up with the Kardashians, whatever. Most people know it's fake, but they tune in because they enjoy the drama. You know, that's just not my style, but I'm not gonna hate on you if that's what you like to watch. But you know that what you're watching is scripted to some extent. They just enjoy the fake drama. It's like watching wrestling, right? The WWE. You know it's fake, but hey, they're talented performers. So hey, it's you know, pretty intense. It's like watching Cirque du Soleil. Um, but they even admitted in the article too that the committee's work has been made easier because there are no dissenting voices. The Republicans on the committee are rhinos, not Republicans at all, Republicans in name only. And they only tell one side of the story here. I mean, it just was hilarious to read to read this piece. Um, I'm just looking through it one more time here. Um, you know, just talks about how they crafted this. And instead of using the long legal processes, they, uh, you know, just plunge right into the live testimony and drumming up of support. But the latest one is the Casey Hutchinson story that Trump tried to hijack the limo, the presidential limo, right? Which is funny because first of all, they weren't in the limo. They were in one of the trucks. And if you see photos of it, it's clearly impossible for him to grab the steering wheel from where he would be seating, sitting. And they've already had Secret Service agents who have come said that they're willing to testify that that never happened. I mean, just falling apart immediately after. Um, I mean, so it is funny to that extent, but it's also not funny because this is Banana Republic type of stuff here. And make no mistake, they're going to use this to try and drum up support for the next indictment of Trump, doing whatever they can to get him not to run in 2024, which at the end of the day, you know, may not be the worst thing ever. Sure, if he ran, I'd vote for him, but I'd much rather see Ron DeSantis in that seat, uh, speaking personally here. Uh, that's my opinion on the matter. But so if they were to do something I'm saying, um, then... Ron DeSantis would be number two, not the worst option in the world. All right, so that being said, next up on the day, we had the central bank meeting today I spoke about earlier in Portugal today with Jay Powell and Christine Laggard. You know, really pretty boring stuff, but Jay Powell did say something positive that he sees the possibility that inflation could come down quickly as demand subsides. We agree with that here. Of course, the risk is that they go too far and drive the U.S into a recession, possibly depression. Um, you know, I, I don't say that lightly by any means, but um, Jay Powell went on to say this about inflation. Uh, Kip talked about this on his midday podcast today. This is a quote. We understand better how little we understand about inflation. And to get the full coverage on this, go watch Kip's midday VRA um, vidcast today. It's up on Rumble, up on our podcast websites as well. It'll be there every day. Um, but that's a flat out lie saying that we understand better how little we understand about inflation. We know exactly what causes inflation, extreme money printing of our fiat currency, debasement of our currency done by none other than the Federal Reserve. Since 1913, the origination of the Federal Reserve, the U.S. dollar has lost 98% of its purchasing power. You think that's a coincidence? Absolutely not. And Jay Powell knows this, but he can't say it out loud, right? For fear of being ostracized from the rest of the group. All of these Fed economists know they've got a pretty good gig. Just do what you're told and 
you'll continue to get money in your bank account. That's really about it. But overall, we see the Fed's financial engineering continue from here. Likely has a long way to run from here. We don't see this is over. Uh, and believe me, you know they're just waiting for the next event that can end this tightening cycle and get them back to quantitative easing. They're champing at the bit for this and whatever crisis, they might even engineer one. We've seen it in the past. If you look at the history of the Federal Reserve and the previous Federal Reserve banks, you see all kinds of stories about how they engineered economic crisis to either keep their job at the Fed or to usher in a new regime change, whether it's a president, you know, uh, going back, there's so many interesting stories of that. Um, but for now, as we see it, they don't want this party to end. This has been the best party ever for the Federal Reserve and their, econ their economists. Uh, so we see this continuing from here. And the market, you know, at least at first fear, appeared to be fine with Jay Powell's comments as we got a few rallies towards the close, but we did, like I said, finish with three out of our four major indexes negative on the day today. But we do continue to look for a big bear market rally from here. We really started talking about this last week at the beginning of the, uh, the, uh, the end of the week before that. And we've got a few reasons for that here. So let's go over those now. First, we're about to enter what has been the most bullish period, two week period, going back for the last 20 years. And it begins today. At the close today is when it begins, June 29th. Uh, the S&P during this time frame over the next two weeks historically performs really well with the biggest gains of any other two-week stretch. 2.15% gains over the last 20 years on average during this two-week um, period. So we look for this bear market rally to take place at the same time. Really perfect timing. Second is that we just have one day left now tomorrow for the first half of 2022, which means... We're about to get massive fund flows from pension plans, retirement plans, those kinds of things. As we enter a new month and a new quarter here, Morgan Stanley said they estimate about 25 to 30 billion of equity demand globally during this period. And then next, as we exit the first half of the year for the S&P, you know, we're down, you know, roughly 20% on the year, which would be the first worst first half of the year since 1970. The good news there is that in previous years, when we were down at least 15%, going all the way back to 1932, the final six months of the year were higher 100% of the time, five out of five times, with average return of 23.7%. That'd be a strong end of the year. That's the kind of end of the year that we're looking for, especially as we head into midterms. You know that the Dems are gonna do whatever they can to call in the plunge protection team to help their odds, they're already gonna get crushed in the midterms, but if they can at least get the stock market to rally a little bit more, and it doesn't look like we're in a recession, it would help their odds a little bit, so you know they want that. And then, not only from the first, you know, worst first half of the year, but from back-to-back -back down quarters, is the next stat here. The worst qu quarters on record, back-to-back -back like this, are usually met with strong returns as well, going back to 1962 when previous two quarters were down at least 15%, the next two quarters were higher 100% of the time, seven out of seven times with an average gain of 17% and an average gain over the next year from there of 29.6%. So great stats there 
showing us why we should have a strong end to 2022 and why we continue to look for one here. Of course, past performance doesn't guarantee future results, uh, but hey, we'll you know we'll take it here. The bottom line is that we've really been in a bear market for longer than our major index indexes have shown. The average stock, well, 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 let's go back. First, our indexes are down roughly 15 to 30% from their highs. But most stocks have lost double that value, 50, 60, 70% uh, of their value since really early 2021. Look at the tech names, the stay-at-home names, the Zooms. Kip covered this yesterday in his podcast, ARC, right? All of these down 60, 70, some more percent since 2021. So given the destruction that's taken place, we see it that most stocks have likely bottomed here and serious opportunities are beginning to present themselves. So let's take a look at our market action on the day to day. We finished with just the Dow positive up 0.27% to 31,029. We were followed there by the NASDAQ down 0.03% to 11,000. 177. Next up, the S&P down 0.07%. So both of these really just flat on the day. Uh, S&P finishing at 3,818. And lastly, the small caps, our biggest loser on the day, down 1.1% to 1,719. Looking at our internals on the day, you know, we've seen still a little bit better of readings today from what we saw two weeks ago, right? but still not exactly what you want to see, but not awful. Declining stocks, beating out advancing stocks, roughly two to one negative on the day. New 52 week highs to lows continue to come in negative, but two weeks ago, we had over 2000 stocks combined hitting 52 week lows. Today, that number was 545 stocks combined hitting 52 week lows to just 22 hitting 52 week highs. And lastly here, volume came in just under three to one negative for the NYSE, but a slight positive here, roughly flat on the day for the NASDAQ. Looking at our sectors on the day, you would have thought that it was a little bit better of a day today. We finished with six out of our 11 S&P 500 sectors higher on the day. Those were healthcare, consumer staples, and communication services, so some defensive sectors. Uh, also, technology was able to finish higher on the day. And then our laggards were energy, real estate, materials, and financials today. Finally for today, our VRA Commodity Watch Gold, basically flat on the day now, down 0.06% to $1,820 an ounce. I will point out though, the gold miners, GDX, did just hit a 52-week low today, which of course you don't wanna see. Silver, down just over six cents of 1% to $20.74 an ounce. Copper, now down about two tenths of 1% to $3.77 a pound hanging out just above its 52-week low there. And lastly, oil, down on the day by 2% to $109 a barrel. And while the price of a barrel of oil has come down a good amount, roughly 16% from its March, from its March peak, is continuing to look like we're destined for higher oil prices here. A lot of analysts calling for $200 a barrel of oil. Remember, we were one of the first people to call for $100 barrel and oil. We called that, you know, in early 2021, I was on Wayne Root's podcast, January 7th. I remember it was the day after the, insur the, the insurrection um, and said on that show that we would see a hundred dollar barrel of oil over the next 18 months or so, I believe is why I said. And 
the exact reason was that the green fanatics know that at low prices of oil, you know, $50 a barrel or so, green energy doesn't make any sense at all at those levels. So they had to get the price of oil up to make those even somewhat competitive uh, as they try to push this green new deal. But, you know, they want you to believe, the mainstream media wants you to believe that this is because of Russia, Ukraine, right? Messing up supply chains again, taking Russian oil off the market. And while that might be a slight part of it, the real reason continues to be the Biden administration's restrictions on U.S. supply. Remember, before he uh, took over as president, the U.S. was energy independent. Now, we have the Biden administration publicly begging other countries to produce more oil because they know that the people who the few people left who support their party, the green fanatics and socialist environmentalists of the world, will not support the Biden admin if they agree to boost output from here. Now, I know that a lot of our listeners here are smart money listeners. You don't get fooled by these hoaxes. But so many people do, and it's starting to get concerning now because our strategic reserves are at incredibly low levels, roughly the lowest level since 2014. As the Biden administration continues to pull from the strategic reserves in a political stunt to try to keep oil prices artificially low here. Over the last two weeks alone, they've drained 13.7 million barrels from the strategic reserves. And yet commercial stockpiles still fell 3 million barrels over that period. So it's not even enough to keep up with demand. Cushing, Oklahoma, where the reserves are kept, has just over 1 million barrels away from operational bottoms at roughly 20 million barrels left. Again, that's our lowest level since 2014. And there's no plan to reverse this yet. So unless something changes here, we're looking for much, much higher oil prices from here, unfortunately. Finally for today, Bitcoin now down 7 tenths of 1% to 20,129 a Bitcoin. That's despite Michael Saylor, the CEO of MicroStrategy, extending his bet on Bitcoin today as MicroStrategy bought another 480 Bitcoin at 20,800, so below or above where it is now. Now bringing their total Bitcoin holdings to roughly just under 130,000 Bitcoin, roughly $4 billion. That was the price they paid for that. So we'll have to wait and see if his big bet will play pay off from here. Folks, that's all that we have time for here today. Please be sure to subscribe to receive our VRA podcast every day at the market close. You can sign up at VRAinsider.com. Click the podcast link at the top, and we'd love to have you with us. Thanks again for tuning in. Until next time, we'll see you back here tomorrow for the close.